Hey, sous chefs, and welcome back to another installment here at the Melting Pot. I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cartier to Dawn. In today's show, we have another exciting show uh, interviewing a up-and-coming CEO. And before we get into that, I just want to I just want to thank everybody who's listened to our show so far. Check in and check us out. Uh, as we do have an exciting uh, season for you this this year. So so we have an exciting guest today, and um, I'm going to let him tell you all about himself. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce Amir. How are you doing? I'm good. Appreciate y'all again. Thank you for having me on the platform. Thank uh, you for yeah, taking time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my uh, my name is Emir Horton. I'm um, born and raised in Philadelphia. Currently live in Los Angeles now. I've been living here for going on three years. Um, I'm an actor and a producer in television and also the founder and CEO of Eartha Watch Company, which is a luxury watch company for both men and women. We just launched um, last year in 2020 on September 1st. So we're about five months in now, so... Um, thank you guys for, for having me on the platform and, and reaching out. Wow. So you, you say you do acting as well. You Jack of all trades. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long have you been uh, doing acting? So I've been pursuing it since I was 14 years old. Um, you know, growing up in Philly, uh, I didn't think it was possible just because of my surroundings and my environment. I didn't think it was possible. So. Um, I actually brushed it off for a little bit and then I went to church with my grandmother and a prophet was there and she brought up me being an actor in my future. So, um, you know, I was reminded in that moment of me wanting to be an actor. And then once she said that, I began to pursue it, uh, but didn't really have no idea on how to be successful at it because no one is in my family have that background or experience. So. I spent most most of my years pursuing it, just not knowing what to do at all. Um, but it's been since age 14 um, is when I really just was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do nothing else. And that's just what it's going to be. Oh, wow. So have you had uh, any breakthroughs, any good projects you've been a part of? As an actor, no. But as a producer, yes. As a producer in television, I have. Yeah, I've worked with um, a few notable um, networks and production companies um, in my career, but my most recent um, job as producer was actually on court shows, where I was uh, developing scripts, to, to developing um, the, the character and storylines, and involved in casting, and you know so forth and so on. When it comes to putting together an episode for television, I worked on um, five court shows. One in which um, one of my favorites was Judge Maybelline. Oh, I yeah. Her yeah. So, yeah, she was one of my favorites, but I worked on her show, Judge Ross, uh, Christina Perez, uh, Judge Karen, and and what's the other judge? Judge Hatchet. Judge Hatchet. Hackett. So, um, yeah, collectively, the, those five shows is what I worked on for the network. Wow, that's interesting. It's so much. It's so much you um, balancing and juggling a lot. Yeah. How do you typically balance um, acting and being a producer and uh, being a CEO? How does that process usually work for you? 
Yeah, so uh, 2020, actually, it caused, I think it caused all of us to, to make a shift into what we're doing. Right, it really um, is. Usually, I, like first, I'm, I'm an actor first. Like, that, that was the number one goal. That's why I moved to Los Angeles. However, like, as we, you know, you said earlier in your compliment, I'm a jack of all trades. I do so many different things and I'm a visionary. So the plan has always been to use my producer route to fund my acting route. Because you, as an actor, you have to always be in class. You have to always be studying and honing your gift. So I use my production experience being on set pretty much as my, my day job, pay the bills, and also so I can stay in class and go on these auditions and self tapes. Um, and then the business, the business is, uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing in itself. But on average, I don't go to sleep till at least 3.30, 3 o'clock a.m. Wow. What does a typical day-to-day look like for you? Typical day-to-day. I wake up in the morning, i say around 9 o'clock. Uh, I'm the type of person, I don't like to speak to anyone when I first wake up in the morning. So, you know, I need at least, I need Same. at least an hour just to chill rather and pray or listen to gospel music before I uh, start my day. Then go through my emails, see what's coming through. Um, check the sales go through uh, right now it's a little bit difficult because Hollywood is shut down so um, I'm not working as much on set but I'm still developing uh, my own projects and, and pitching those to, to different companies and strategizing behind those and uh, really just build, continue to strengthen the foundation and, and market my products to our customers and you know just really get deep down in, into the business of what comes with being an entrepreneur. But in, as far as Hollywood, things are a little bit slow, especially out here in Los Angeles. Like we're on lockdown right now. So kind of double back into your uh, acting background. What, are, what is something fun that usually you do like a pre warm up before you, um, you know, practice and hone in on your acting skills? Yeah. So um, recently be, because of COVID, we it, it requires a lot of us to do like self tapes so um you know it, it, acting is a skill it's not like you just get in front of a camera and respond like it's you you have to do a lot of reflecting you have to build the emotion so um before i do an audition i usually sit down really break down the character break down the script if they give me sides sometimes they don't even give you sides to prepare for it they just say this is the character or um they'll say um just basically improv they'll give you a situation that you improv so i have to really try to kind of like put myself in the character's shoes based off of my own experiences so before i go on the self-tape i really sit down i reflect i try to build that moment up and because it's a self-tape that means you can do as many takes as you want because there's no one there before you send in the tape so that, that's kind of how my process is right now. Um, as far as when we go back, um, like going back into casting offices and auditioning in person, you don't have that you don't have that luxury of, of spending that much time. It's like this is the this is the script. You just have to go in there and do your best, and, and that's it. But that's why I say it's all it's very important for actors to stay in class because you you just got to be ready. And what made you get into acting? 
honestly, many people ask me that question, but when I was 14, I cannot remember to save my life. What was it that said, I want to be an actor? Like, I don't know if I saw a movie, what movie it was, but I swear it's like one, I said one day, this is what I want to do. But, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't think the odds of me becoming a Will Smith is, is, is odd coming out of Philly. So I just brushed it off. And then when that prophet said, actor doesn't in your future and you're going to be sworn as an actor, I'm like, oh, okay. And I never spoke to this woman a day in my life. And I'm like, um, okay, yeah, I remember having that thought of wanting to pursue this thing, but I didn't think it was possible. So when she said it, it just stuck with me ever since. Mm, yeah. Prophets are... Oh, I was just going to say, you know, prophecy is a wild thing. You know, somebody tell you that you're going to do something you never met them before. It's it's different. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting, especially like I I wouldn't say I grew up in a church, but I went to church with, with my grandmother and I was one of those those kids and teenagers that went to speak in church. Like I just didn't have no interest at all. But when she when she called me up to the church, to the front of the church and said that, I'm like, Okay, like I'm I don't know you. I know my grandmother didn't tell her. It was like, it has to be nobody but God telling you this to tell me. And lo and behold, that what she said to me is one of the things that keeps me going when I feel like giving up and wanting to quit. Is that that prophecy that she gave me many years ago is really the root of my foundation. So you mentioned Will Smith. Um, like, is he one of your like inspirations? Or who do you admire? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely Will Smith. Of course, because he came out of Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he he does the type of movies that I that I want to do. Like I want to do the action and adventures. I want to shoot the guns. I want to do the stunts and stuff like that. You know, he he just he's just a perfect representation of there there's there's a chance. Like there's a second chance coming out of the city that we come out of. So. Um, yeah, I, I study him a lot. He has a production company. You know, he does music. Not in the music game no more, but he's done that. He's a jack of all trades, just like myself. So um, just to see somebody at the pinnacle of he, that he's at, coming from where I come from, it's you know, it, it just gives me hope that yeah, I can make that. I can do that. For sure. But that's why I think it's so important to have that representation. What is your ideal role to play, or your dream role to play? I want to. I want to be a superhero. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I want. That's that's my my ideal role is to to be a superhero. Like, uh, I, I know I, I wouldn't be able to do it because I don't have dread, but like a static shock. Oh, static shock! Somebody yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Well, they shock. can make you a dread week. They they could, but you know, static shock. I'm I'm a little bit lighter than him too, so. You know, in Hollywood, depending on the budget, you can definitely make things work. But they—they're actually, I think, um, there's a movie coming out on him already. I've seen it about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Trailer, yeah. So, but some something like that. I want to be a superhero that's actually in the hood. You know, trying to make the hood a better place. So either it's like a static shot type of thing, or um, like say, lightning. Yeah. Although they yeah. just cancel like lightning. Yeah, but. Yeah, they're they're um, in the talks of having a spinoff of Black Lightning, so 
that show was kind of on my I radar. Think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some I'm hearing it's confirmed, and then some spots I'm hearing is still in the works and negotiations. So, but that that show was actually on my radar to at least get an audition for it. So yeah, being the superhero um, is the ideal role for me. Yeah, like I think with superhero movies, that whole franchise is is huge. Like I don't know personally if that makes it hard to break into, but it's definitely a huge thing it's like come on now everybody watches you know superhero movies from time to time Fantastic Four Captain America anything like that Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's cool what you were saying Mm -hmm. for Static Shot it's more relatable to like you know your upbringing your background Um, same as Black Lightning that was a good show Uh, but yeah that's pretty dope yeah all of every role that I like my, my purpose as to why I want to be an actor has changed over time. Like I, I want to do the type of stuff that inspirational and impacts somebody's lives. Like I'm not in this thing for the fame or the money and the accolades and all that stuff. That's just a byproduct. Like my, my intention for wanting to be on camera and produce um, content is to bring forth change. And, you know, Black Lightning was a, was a show that I really admired because that was the first black superhero family that I've seen on television. Um, and then one of the superheroes, Nafisa Williams, um, one of the daughters, she's from Philly, too. She's from West Philly, born and raised. So, um, you know, those seeing, seeing that those type of things, it, it could really save a life and, and, you know, inspire people to say, yeah, it's possible. I can do that, too. So, um, yeah, it, it's a, it is a lot harder, I think, to, to break into it, um, yeah. especially being black as an actor in, in any industry. Really, being black is a challenge. But yeah. you know, we just got to continue to break down doors and continue to produce content like the Black Lightning, and you know, so on and so forth. I definitely agree. So, what would you like? How do you usually approach or research a role that you're coming into? Yeah, so right now I, I don't have an um, an agent because it's a, it's a whole process to get an agent. So we have these platforms called like LA Casting, Casting Frontier, and Actors Access, where you basically you make a profile and then um, based off your description, they'll send you certain roles that you can submit for. So I get um, you know different uh, different roles for different projects, whether it's a short film, a commercial. Uh, student film features sometimes what you know so on and so forth and so um, I would read the read the project see what it is that they're looking for if I feel like I can execute on it and then um, submit my submit my materials the headshot and then uh, submit the, the self tape for the audition so it, it has to like I, I'm not the type though I'm I'm, I'm trying to establish myself as an actor still in the career, I'm still very mindful of what I want to be a part of. Like, I, I don't just come on anything and, and sign on for anything because I, I know the reason while I'm, while, I'm in, while I'm here. You can't just throw a dollar sign at me neither. It's just not going to work. So, you know, if I feel like I'm connected to this character and I can, feel this, I can bring this character to life, then I'll submit myself for it. But if not, then I'll just pass and go on about my day. Right, and that's a that's a terrific mindset that you have because it you have to think about it. it's your brand. Like yes, it's your that's your skill set and your exactly. talent, but it's your brand. Like 
this is what you're going to be remembered for. Um, and it's like, you don't want to, just because they're throwing, you know, a substantial amount of money for a role, if you don't feel like that's the role for you and you feel like you can really portray it well and, uh, you know, something that, you know, reflects, you know, the greatest role, it don't matter what role, you can give a role to, you know, two different people. And just depending on each person's makeup, they can give a better performance. You get what I'm saying? Like, because right. it's just yep. what you bring to the table. It's how you make it your own. Like, even with, you know, your, you being a CEO and making uh, watches, you know, it's probably a lot of people that, you know, are in that business. But it's like, there are things that you do that can make you stand out. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just your look either. Like, they're, they're they're looking for some talent they're looking for skill like these casting directors it's their job to bring in the best person for for the job so you think you just have the luck to be on television and that's going to bring you success in this industry it's, it's not going to work like you have to really know what you're doing and yeah and find out what it is that makes you unique so you can market yourself and uh and stand out when you're in these rooms and that leads me to the question i was going to ask you do you ever get like intimidated walking into a casting call and seeing like people of the same built all applying for the same role as you i used to honestly i used to but not not anymore because i'm like i at the end of the day what's for me is for me so i don't even really i, I barely not, not even say barely i don't worry about what people do what other people are doing um People try to be in competition with me. The only person who I'm in competition with is myself. I do not care about what nobody else is doing. I don't care about what your business is doing, how you're going to perform this audition. Can't focus on that. I just focus on myself and go in that room and put it all out on the table. And I, I, I leave the audition uh, calm. Like, I don't be worrying. I'm like, it's... I, everything I had inside of me is left in that room I don't take it I don't take it with because if I was if, when I used to take it with me I used to be worrying like what if what they think they may not call me back and you, you can't focus on that stuff you go in the audition you perform you do your best you leave it all in that audition room don't take nothing with you when you get if you get the call back great perfect then you go back into to that character and, and you know handle your business but prior to that don't worry about what everybody else is doing. It's going to keep you off track. You just want to take you off your lane and, you know, take you off your focus. So, but nah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't worry about that stuff at all. I used to though. Can't really be worried about what nobody else is doing. That's how you mess yourself up. Who are some ideal actors you would love to work with in the future? Ooh, uh, Will Smith, of, of course, Will Smith. Um, uh, Terrence J. I actually would, would like to work with. Um, there, there's a lot of producers more than actors who I would like to work with. Uh, Will Packer is one I would love to work with. Tyler Perry, of course, is one I would love to Don't work we all? with. Um, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, I, I love Jennifer Lewis. I would love to work with Jennifer Auntie, Lewis. Auntie, we all love Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Jennifer Lewis. Um, right, you get that real call me as extra. To work with, there's, if you can't tell, there's a lot of. <laughs> and if you can't tell, a lot of black people, a lot of a lot of black people who are 
successful or just dominating in the industry, I would love to work with them. I love white people too, but right. you know, I, I connect more with Black Hollywood as opposed to the, the mainstream a little bit. Exactly, because even if I didn't even work with Jennifer Lewis, just the study of her feet would just that's amazing. Yeah. I met her uh, two years ago now. Uh, we, was just, we was in like this shopping area and I saw her and, you know, just walking past and I was looking at her and I was smiling because, you know, I knew who she was. And she looked at me, gave me eye contact. And she saw me looking at her and she was like, come here. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I walked over to her and she was like, I'm going to be doing a book signing up there in Barnes and Noble. I need you to come. I said, all right, bet. I'll be there. What time? She told me what time and we, you know, I pulled up in there. And then I was in Starbucks. She was in Starbucks. And I just so happened to be on the phone with my mom. So I was like, oh, Jennifer Lewis is right here. So um, she actually hopped on the phone with my mom and my little sister uh, to, to say hi to them on FaceTime. So, you know, we, we love Jennifer Lewis. She's a dope woman. Wow. I think another uh, black woman to be, you know, who's kind of on the up and coming as far as like producing and directing is Regina King. Like, I don't know if you know, but she got the mm-hmm. One Night in Miami uh, film coming out this year. And they, I believe mm-hmm. she did If Bill Street Could Talk. And it's just, you know, she, to make that um, that transition, you know, being an, act, an actress and then going into producing, which a lot of actors uh, and actresses usually do. You know, because it's all about, you know, just you, you start to find love in other places, you know, becoming a director or producer and not just acting. It's like, you know, you grow up and you're surrounded by it by Salon. Um, but I think, you know, she's doing good things, too, as well as Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. She, yeah. She had a show called Seven Seconds on, on Netflix that I, I really, really love. Like, I, I hate that they took that show off but yeah she's very gifted very talented and yeah she she's doing some amazing things with her production company as well and that that's that's the goal for me like i want to produce and star my own content like that's that's the end goal for me and i think that that should be the route you know you when you, when you do it that way you have more space still you have more leverage and power over what's what's being brought about in, in the in the content so yeah, I think that that is the the wave that a lot of people are catching on is to establish yourself as an actor first, you know, create an image for yourself in the industry and then go the producing route and build your, your production company since you already, you know, have that fan base and support. Definitely, definitely. So kind of to switch gears, uh, uh, going into your Earth of Watch company, um, in the world of high-end watchmaking, there are like men and women who make the pursuit of something intellectual very interesting, as opposed to you know just putting a luxury status or name on their product, which is interesting because you know watchmaking has been you know kind of like the scientific thing, and it's more it's it's one of those art forms that you have to really be into. Um, and it's kind of high profile because, you know, we often um, associate it, you know, famous watch companies like, you know, Patek Philippe and Richard Millie and, and you know, Audemars and stuff like that. Um, 
So, you know, each generation has its own, like, celebrity watchmakers. And these individuals are quite, you know, unique and interesting in their own way. And yes, it's talent and skills that, you know, go into uh, watchmaking. But, you know, today's high-end watches are, you know, very innovative. And I want to know what makes you stand out. Yeah, so... Um... What, that that's a great question because um, yeah as far especially the the, the um, point and direction you went with we'll call it luxury but I think what what makes what makes our brand stand out is that most importantly we do more than just sell watches like we we also have a service to offer you know we're 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 yes I'm in business to make money however our watches I wanted to represent something. And that representation that I wanted to have is transcending barriers and putting people in position to live in their highest potential in life. And that's why our slogan is connecting time to the mission. Because when I first decided I actually want to get into the watch industry, um, I was realizing that my time here in Los Angeles, I wasn't fully maximizing my time in order to make my dreams a reality in entertainment not just in, but beyond entertainment, just in life in general. I wasn't fully maximizing my time to bring these things I wanted into fruition. So that's what we're, that's what we're all about. We want our products to uh, represent transcending barriers for generations of, of leaders, innovators, and, um, and visionaries who just want to live in their highest potential and secure their goals and dreams, but also impact and change in their communities. And we also have a, a, a charitable division called Earth to Care Mission. And that's exactly what we do. Let, um, this past Christmas, we gave away $1,000 supporting the people in Skid Row. Um, Skid Row is, uh, is, is a big but small community of homeless, homeless people. Uh, right now, there's a total of 60,000 people who are experiencing homelessness right now. So what we did for the holidays, we went out there, we were giving out food, we were giving out clothes. And we were giving our blankets to the people um, out in Skid Row. So a lot of the proceeds that we had, um, a, a portion of the proceeds we got from Black Friday and the month of December for the holidays, we was pouring that right back into our community. So that's kind of what makes us stand out. I know it's a lot of other companies that do, that do that as well, especially the Black ones, though. Um, truth be told, I haven't. Um, just and it doesn't mean that just because I haven't seen it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's not being done. But the other companies, I don't see them doing that. Some of the black watch designers, I see them and I have much respect for them, like Tally and Twan, like uh VK London doing phenomenal things in their community. But that's that's our primary focus and I think that's why we are in the position that we're in right now, only being five months into the game. So uh, you've only had your company five months, you said? Yeah, we just launched September 1st. Oh, wow. Uh, last year. Okay, wow. Yeah. yeah. Which is our, uh, actually, September 1st of last year was my second year anniversary of living in LA. So it was, you know, very intentional as to why I wanted my launch date to be on September 1st. However, I've been building the company since March of 2019. But yeah, we, we, officially launched on September 1st. And when you got the idea to start this watch company, how did you know that it was a good idea? Well, I've been into watches since I was a teenager. Um, I've always been into watches. 
And I actually had a dream for myself that I wanted to partner with one of some of those companies that you mentioned earlier, slide, like the uh, APs, like the Rolexes. I wanted to uh, basically have my own collection, my own personal collection for one of these brands once I fully established myself and make a name for myself in the world. And I was reflecting on a moment when I was, a moment when I was experiencing homelessness out here in LA, chasing my dream in the entertainment industry. And I said, you know what? I can't continue to rely on the entertainment industry to bring money into my pockets while I'm out here. So I got to think of another source of revenue. And I started thinking about all of the things I was interested in, my skill set, and um, things that I was good at. And watches came into mind. And I said, you know what? Instead of making these people richer with my vision and creativity, let me build my own watch. And so that's what I did. And, um, and began to put the pen to paper as far as designs and what I wanted this company to, to be known for. Again, great mindset that you have. And just, you know, with this short time, look how much you've accomplished. <laughs> I think you're definitely on the right track. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Did any of your education, like past education or experiences, prepare you for your watch business? Anything that stood out? Uh, as far as the attitude, yes. The, the attitude, yes. But as a business person, uh, I would say no. I didn't have, I didn't have no experience in business. I don't have a background in business. I went to Delaware State University, but I majored in mass communication. Uh, but I would say from the attitude standpoint, my experiences and background has prepared that for me as far as being the leader, being an uh, uh, innovator and having that ambition and perseverance, because I think those are some of the things that uh, business owners, we, we sometimes overlook. We always think it's all about, you know, selling your product to the customer and strategizing and marketing and all that. But if you got poor leadership skills, you ain't going nowhere. Because one thing is you have to have a team. You can't do everything by yourself. And if you can't be an effective leader, nobody's going to want to work with you. So, you know, having that experience in the entertainment industry and um, just developing myself personally has definitely shaped who I am as an entrepreneur. How did you handle adversity and doubt? Uh, well, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, nothing, nothing happens. Everything happens for a reason. So, uh, you know, I, I constantly remind myself that I was in this position before. Um, doubt, I try not to entertain the thought of doubt at all because that just, that's, I think that's one of the biggest hindrances to success in any profession in anything in life too it's like you're doubting and you, you're making this you're, you're making up a narrative in your head that nine times out of ten doesn't even exist in the real world so i try not to uh to think about that but when i when i'm facing adversity i'm i'm the best person under pressure like i perform my best under pressure so it's just like if i'm facing something that's very hard i'm pressing on even more because i i know that if it's if it's challenging for me then there's something on the other side of that because nothing nothing is supposed to come easy if it comes easy to me i'm second guessing it i'm like this is not like this it, it needs to be hard in order for me to get it because it's like you, you value it more like once you finally get to where you're trying to go after going through so much hell to get to it 
So to kind of dissect more of the process of, uh, you know, making your watch, you know, you can still be independent, but do you, um, in your process, do you buy pieces from like, um, I guess other companies or manufacturers, or do you uh, just come up with the designs or how does all of that work? Yeah, so I, I have a book full of designs um, and sketches. And so I actually, I have a manufacturer overseas and I would send, send him a picture of my design. And then they would then craft up a digital sketch based on what I presented to them on paper. Ask me how I feel about it. Tell them I want this changed. I want this color to look different. I want this marble tone to look this way. I want to treat them, move it over a little bit and you know so on and so forth and so yeah i don't we don't buy the parts ourselves. although in the beginning because i didn't have a background in business didn't know nothing about what it means to be an entrepreneur i didn't know anything about manufacturing so i all i knew was i want to have a watch company okay we need to figure this out so i was on youtube studying watch pieces thinking that i had to build the watch myself because i didn't know anything about manufacturing so you know uh Thank God I don't have to do it because there's a lot of details that go into trying to make a watch. You know, it's, they're very precise uh, time pieces and pieces of art for your yeah, wrist. Time piece, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot of small details and kinks, and it's like one long move, and a watch can mess up the entire thing. So uh, I do have a professional uh, manufacturer in our watches. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. So since you. Um handle the creativity and the designs of the uh, timepieces do you what does authenticity mean to you and in the watch world today authenticity to me it really means for me in our designs it's like intentional being intentional like the, the from down to the colors from the way i want the watches to look it has to be very intentional and that's another thing that i uh, believe will make us stand out and i'll give you an example of our rose gold watch um for women which is called resilient it's rose gold and it has a marble finish to it so when i was designing that watch i wanted something to represent us going through those adversities and being broken down in life and kind of like mirror of like a crack or something in the face but at the end of the day that crack is it symbolizes kind of like the beauty of 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 life like you go through all of those hardships in life but at the end of the day once you get over over the top of all that you're still going to become something that you could have never be you could have never uh imagined so that's what that that marble finish in that watch and specifically uh represent and you know i i think about colors i study colors in our design and I just put a lot of intentionality behind our designs, even down to the name. Like our, our men's watch is named Persevere, for example. So, you know, continuously to to think about what it means to overcome something and, you know, change your entire situation around and connect time to your mission. And the mission can be anything. It can be to level your uh, level up your credit score, to buy a house, to live a healthier lifestyle as far as your diet. Whatever the case may be, that's what I want these watches to do. A lot of a lot of time and thought put into that, but that's what that's what makes it work in the end. 
and that's what it, what makes it you know actually mean something you, yeah. you can have um, you know you can be proud of what you are making so it's really good things good things so what would you so would you say that you avoid like market trends like I know we talked about some of the bigger uh, watch companies um, so what do you kind of do to separate yourselves from that but also to learn from some of the things that they do to make you know your company more successful yeah I, I don't avoid it I definitely pay attention to it um, like originally for example our, our watches right now we have the, the um, stainless steel mesh straps originally I wanted to come out the, into the game with a uh, a link strap or a leather band but I saw that the market everyone was doing these uh these things with steel mesh straps and I'm the type of person I love to stand out in everything I do I don't want to look like nobody I want to be very authentic and I just want to be unique as possible I don't want there to be no comparison but um I saw that these stainless steel mesh straps was working in the industry I saw people in real life wearing them looking at people resting what they was wearing and I saw these stainless steel mesh straps so I bought one for myself tried it on and I liked it and one of the things that I like about it is that you don't have to take the links out your out your watch a lot of people have small um wrists so you can adjust the band and stuff yourself and it still looks very good so um I definitely study the market I think you it's very imperative that anybody any business owner studies the market but also just try to find your niche and what makes you stand out from everybody else because you know you can't look like everybody else so I just try to find something in everything that's just going to make me stand out from what everybody else is doing but I definitely be watching and be studying and your watch is going to save a lot of people especially me because my wrist is abnormally small so when I got the watch that I currently have I ain't gonna name a name they took the links out in the store and there was like every time they kept putting it on my wrist it was still too big so it was like wow your wrist is really it's really small so they took another link out and basically they took so many links out that I really don't even have a watch if we're gonna be honest with you yeah. <laughs> I got the face piece and the clamp at the back so the fact that with your watch I could just how does it work? You just like slap it on like little wristband things? No, so you you have a um, like a tool and when we ship out our products, we also have um, instructions on how to adjust it. But you you have a tool, you put this, you put it in like this, this clap a little bit on the watch, you flip it open and then you just move it and adjust it to, to your, to your uh, wrist size. It then snap it back and that's it. So it, it literally takes less than three minutes. And what is the the price for your watches? So right now, our men's watches are retailing at one fifteen uh, plus tax. Our women's are one hundred five plus tax, and we offer free shipping. Um, so just you know, based off your your city or country, uh, as far as your taxes are concerned, but that's how much they're they're retailing. We offer free shipping to the U.S. and to Canada. It's not bad at all. <laughs> and also. Uh, if you subscribe to our email list, you'll get an additional 10% off uh, your first purchase as well. Oh, that's not bad at all. Right. Sounds great, honestly. <laughs> Have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I wanted our products to be affordable. You know, yes, it's, it's, it's a luxury timepiece. It's very 
a pricey timepiece, cost a lot of money to make, but I did want them also to be um, affordable as well. Now, the long game, yes, I do aspire for Eartha to be on that wave of Rolexes and APs. You know, the, you know, the sky's the limit for us. But, you know, I wanted it also to be um, a, a something that's affordable for our customers. So I know it's a lot of controversy around this, but what are some like unspoken spoken rules? So like, when is the right, when to wear the right watch per the occasion? I know it's like controversy, like when going for job interviews, it's like, I remember one time a friend was like, he didn't get a job because he wasn't wearing a watch. And they mentioned that during his interview. And I was, I just thought that was crazy. Or, you know, sometimes you may be in an upscale place and you have like a, sports watch on you know something for you know like those sweat wristbands that he was talking about that stamps you know it's like it's not the right occasion yeah yeah well the, the I've never heard someone not get a job for a watch I'm, that's that's weird but, me neither yeah, that's great that, that's that's extreme yeah but yeah I, I do think that there there's etiquette that needs to be put into place when wearing a watch uh, first and foremost it should be on your left wrist. Um, number one, it's supposed to be on your left wrist. And it depends on the occasion. You know, I'm not going to walk into, for example, the NAACP Image Awards with my Fitbit on or, or you know, a, a, a watch that I'm supposed to work out with. I'm supposed to, the Image Awards is a very, it, it's a, it, it's not casual. It's a, it's a very upscale award ceremony. So you're wearing, yeah, very prestigious. Yeah. So you're wearing a suit and tie with some shoes. So you need a watch that's going to go with that. You're not going to wear really a sports watch. You're going to wear something that, you know, complements the outfit. That's what watches are made for. They're supposed to complement what you're wearing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that you, you just have to know you have to know the occasion. You have to know what you're wearing and apply the right timepiece for it because it's supposed to enhance your outfit. Now, I know we talked about struggling, uh, some of the struggles you've endured uh, during like your acting uh, lifestyle. Can you name a time where you struggled with, with Eartha? I struggled with Eartha during Black Friday. Um, it was our first Black Friday. We kind of launched right before the holidays. So we, we launched in September and the holidays was right there. And this was my first, you know, my first time uh, owning the business and being an entrepreneur as opposed to the consumer who's normally buying stuff during the holidays. And I was so stressed out. I didn't even know I was stressed out during this time until my body began to tell me, bro, you stressed out. You need to chill out a little bit. I'm talking about like going hours without eating. I still do that sometimes, but it was bad on Black Friday. Like it, it, it was bad. Um, just trying to, you know, just figure it out. You know, I, I, like I said, I didn't have no background in business. So I'm just studying as much as I can, trying to read everything, watch everything on YouTube. Uh, we in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm trying. I'm trying to think about how I can cater towards that. Thinking about is people even going to buy during this time because we're in a pandemic. But turns out that was actually our best. Well, December was our best month in sales, but Black Friday actually turned out a lot bigger than I thought it would. 
but that that was a very challenging time for me um and also just getting the, the funding to launch the business and to begin with you know it, it wasn't it wasn't cheap like the, the, our time pieces they're not cheap although people in the uh the trolls in the comments that be saying certain stuff the haters that just come with the territory be saying stuff is cheap that they you know they don't know anything about the business but you know having having to save that money and sacrifice i had to sacrifice a lot of stuff to launch this business that people don't know about i'm talking about whether or not if i want to eat for the day or invest my own personal money into to my business i have went into credit card debt uh the, the, the list goes on and on so i would say yeah black friday was a challenge and then just being able to have the resources to get started as far as funding was also a challenge that just goes to show is you know like you know i was gonna ask about how do you handle you know you know negative feedback that you might may have uh gotten with the company but it's just you know they don't know what actually goes into it you know like you said sacrifices are made if you want to be a a decent business owner you're gonna have to make sacrifices and not everybody's gonna know because you know it's not something you just go around and tell people it's just you know I, I did what I had to do. It's done, uh, and this hopefully your work shows, you know, how much you put into it. So I definitely can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes. It all comes with the territory, you know. The sacrificing uh, is definitely a part of the game. You have to be willing to sacrifice something, not your soul, of course. But yeah, there's no. a lot of things you have to sacrifice: uh, money, time with your family, eating sometimes sacrificing a lot of sleep if you ain't willing to sacrifice those things at least that i've just mentioned out of the many other things you ain't built for it because everyone isn't built to be an entrepreneur it's it's a lot of of uh of shine and it looks fun but that that stuff that goes behind the scenes that nobody talks about that ain't all so pretty so you know you, you have to be willing to to put up the fight when it comes to those things and you know, it, it, and I look at it too, as far as the negativity, if people ain't talking, I say, you're doing something wrong. And um, Eartha is, as far as publicity wise, is, is growing at a, at a at a rate that I couldn't even anticipate it to, to be. Like I didn't think it would be taken off as fast as it is right now to the point where people over in Ghana want to be brand ambassadors and people in Canada, are reaching out wanting to do partnerships in morocco wanting to be influencers and then of course here in the united states from all over the country people are wearing our time pieces so you know if people people are talking people are supporting but there are some a small pocket of people who just want to have their input just to say something and and be seen but i don't i don't pay that stuff no mind because i knew it was going to come with the territory especially working in the entertainment industry you know i i know that stuff comes with with, with the platform and so you you know you just focus on focus on the good focus on the people who are supporting you those are the people who you um pay attention to and you you cater and tailor your product to or service and ladies and gentlemen that's why it's called the grind <laughs> And how did your family and close circle react when you when you mentioned that you was gonna start a watch bit when you started your business? Um well for one, uh I I don't tell everyone 
what I'm doing. Um, but my family, I may have told my grandmother, I told, I definitely told my grandmother because the name of the company is actually named after my grandmother. Her name is Ursa. So um, I told her that I want to start a business. Told my mom, told my dad, told my siblings. That's about it. Maybe it was a few small close cousins, girlfriend at the time. That was it. Um, and they, they all for it. You know, thank God I'm blessed to have a, a, a very good support system. Whereas like anything that I say I want to do, they're all behind it and, you know, want to support it. So they they were all for it. You know, they and it inspired them as well because I don't come from a family or a, a line where there are a lot of business owners. So, you know, me having my own watch company actually inspired my mom. She wanted to start an event planning business because she's been in, uh, doing events since I was a baby. So she's finally, you know, getting her stuff legalized and trademarked and um, putting her products together. My sister want to get into the hair industry and beauty industry, both of my sisters. So they're looking at going into business with each other to start a hair company. My other little sister, she's nine years old. She want to come out with her own crayon. So, you know, it, it was a beauty to see that this this idea that I had is actually inspiring my family to do something instead of them hating or trying to, you know, tear it down because that does exist too. And a lot of people, family members, is, you know, they be hating. They don't want to see you win, but I've been blessed and fortunate to not, to not have that. And that's why I asked, because, you know, some people want to do stuff and it never gets brought to light because they're so they got they hear so much negative stuff that it, it, it discourages them. So I'm glad that you your family wants to become entrepreneurs. And the best business that you mentioned was actually the crayons, just because that's just different. Because you know we got Crayola, but yeah. you know, and then she's not, you said nine. Mm-hmm. That's that's dope. She's nine years old. Yep, and uh, one of my other sisters actually told me that she wanted to start crayons. So I texted her. I said, I heard you want to do crayons. And she said, hey, yeah, I do. How are we finna do this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'll do my research. So, you know, I have the, the perfect way to, to make her stand out as as, as a, a little little girl in the crayon business. So we're, we're right now developing and learning more about that industry. So it, it's different. I don't really hear too many black people in the crayon and industry right because the only the only black person i know with crayon is super scent and that's a different type of crayon (laughs) so yeah yeah well amir this is the last question here but um so what would you say your end game is what what are your plans for the future with all of your endeavors acting uh mco producing yeah so my my end game I always say like I, I want to I want to leave something behind of course I want I want a legacy I want people to know me and I don't say that in a way of uh, aspiring to be famous because to be honest I don't really want to be famous <laughs> like that that just comes unfortunately with the territory that all that I do and I'm pursuing but I, I want people especially those in my family to know that Emir Horton did it so I can do it too because he because he laid down a foundation for us he has provided us the resources he has provided us with the the capabilities and the potential there's no reason why i can't do it and i say that for a lot of my my family members i say that for my community i say that for uh you know my kids grandkids everybody 
you know I just want to be that representation in the world that you know that man from Philly he did it so I, I can definitely do it and there's enough space for me as well because you know a lot of industries are oversaturated everybody want to be a rapper everybody want to be an actor but at the end of the day like I said earlier it was for you it's for you so you know you just set your mind right you have the right intentions as to why you want to do it be purposeful and don't aim to be famous but aim to be significant want to actually want to make impact in what you're doing so that's that's the end goal for me is you know i want to create change and break off a lot of stuff that that is stereotyped in our in our community and in our family absolutely love that i absolutely love that your just your vision of success and like what that means to you because you can ask somebody what does success mean to you and you know of course you'll get a whole bunch of different answers but I, I like I like where your head is at. I, you're a visionary. You said earlier in the interview, and I can see that and I can tell. And I want to thank you for talking to us today. I really appreciated it. We loved having you on the show. Thank you. This is thank you. This this is dope. You know, I, I do these interviews and sometimes get asked the same questions, but y'all actually deliver some some questions that I've never been asked yeah. before. So, you know, I, I appreciate y'all for having me on the platform. Y'all have. A, a good platform I got some good going thank here thank you <laughs> alright thank you so right thank you so much for I'm just gonna piggyback on what Sly said taking the time out your busy schedule from acting and watch making and all that good stuff it do means a lot of course yeah. no, no problem <laughs> uh, aka <laughs> Mr. Jack of all trains I hope that everything works out all everything works out cause I feel right, I got Jack of all trains I, I love to see especially success in the black community so I just want to be the, if no one said it to you, I want to be the one to tell you to keep going. You got this, push through it. We believe in you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all a lot. Well, sous chefs, that concludes our interview and show today. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Real Melting Pot. That's T-H-E-E, Real Melting Pot. Amir, would you mind telling the people your socials? Right, and what we could buy the watch at. Yeah, so uh, you can shop at um, EarthaWatches.com, E-A-R-T-H-A-W-A-T-H-E-S.com, EarthaWatches.com. You can follow us on social media um, at EarthaWatch, that's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest. And if you want to follow me personally, I am at Mr. Horton underscore, M-R-H-O-R-T-O-N underscore. There you and there you have it, Sue Chefs. Be sure to check him out. I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cardi the Dawn. And, and this, this has been, been the Melted Pot. Okay, 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 okay.